You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. everybody and welcome to episode 509 of the professional book nerds podcast presented by overdrive this is jill hello adam how's it going good how are you we made it to the end of the year we did we We did did it we did it this will be our last podcast of the year we're taking one of our slots off i mean jill and i are taking time off but but there will only be one day missing from your lovely podcast calendar, which I imagine you all have in your bedroom. Naturally, naturally. The professional book nerds podcast calendar. Um, like the advent calendar you open all year long. Uh, you want to tell everyone what we're doing today or you want me to? You can. All right. We are doing our January 2021 books, a thing we've now been doing for a while. Um, so we are going to yes. tell you... All the books Joe and I are excited to read that are coming out in January. Uh, we never tell each other our lists on this one, but it's usually we have a pre- after five years of doing this together, we got a pretty good idea of what the other one's going to put on. I might, I think I have like a one or two actually that is probably going to be on your list. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll just go back and forth. All of the ones we'll talk about will be in the show notes. Um, you can go back and listen to any of our December episodes, which we will have our best books of 2020 if you're looking for ones that have been previously released but this is all about the future um (laughs) how many of these guys did you put down i have eight okay i put 11 but i'm almost positive that Uh, you will have some of them so okay well it's so funny because they they the publishing worlds the powers that be you don't get a ton of new releases in December, but then in January, I felt like everything I was seeing, I was like, oh, goodness me. Yes, these all look great. Yeah, there was a lot. So, there was a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. So I suppose I should start. since. I- yes, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> of them. Okay, I'm going to start with one that I've already read for a episode of the podcast, which is The Push by Ashley Audrain. Uh, I interviewed Ed. We're recording this in the middle of December, but I interviewed Ashley yesterday um and this book is I can I this is definitely going to be like one of the book club books of 2021 I'm sure like it just has that vibe where it feels like um like a sharp object type of a book like it has really big um darling rose gold vibes to it so it tells the story of this uh, woman named Blythe Connor, who you come to learn pretty early on. She is separated from her husband and she's trying to tell the story of her kids and like why she thinks there might be something wrong with her oldest child, her first daughter, Violet. So there's also a little like we need to talk about Kevin in here too. 
Um, and it also bounces back and forth between modern day and her childhood, where she kind of shows that her mother wasn't the best mom in the world. And so, and like, it, it starts to wrestle with Blythe wondering, is it all in her head or is there really something wrong with her child? And it's, and then something horrible happens in the middle of the book um, that kind of like sends her spiraling. So, but it's written in a way where it's like a letter to her ex-husband and you the reader are like in the you're like in his kind of aspect of the story it's very creepy and very haunting and very good um and yeah it's wonderful so that is uh the push by ashley audrain and none of you are going to hear this but i'm going to mute myself because my dog is standing on the chair that i'm sitting in yes yes he is yes he is all right my first book that I'm going to talk about is Concrete, Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas. I am so excited. Angie Thomas is taking us back to Garden Heights. This time it is 17 years before the events of The Hate You Give, and it follows 17-year-old Maverick, um, who is, you know, a pretty major character in The Hate You Give. So he is the son of a former gang legend. Um, and he does the only thing he knows how to do, which is dealing for the King Lords with this money. He can help his mom, who works two jobs while his dad's in prison. His life's not great, but he's got a great girlfriend and his cousin is his best friend and everything is under control. And then Maverick finds out he's a father. So I, oh gosh, I, I love the hate you give. I love Angie Thomas and I am, I'm so excited to see for this prequel essentially um, to the hate you give. Yeah. This is going to be a, this is going to be a big one. That's yeah, going to be a is. real big one. Uh, my next one is remote control by Nendi Okorafor. This is, this sounds wild. An alien artifact turns a young girl into death's adopted daughter. <laughs> that is like the uh, the stinger, I suppose you could say. Um, so she becomes the adopted daughter of the angel of death. And her name is Fatima. And death pays her visit. And it just, her, you know, she kind of walks along with she's this fox companion. And she's kind of searching for the object that, like, made this happen and it just she's also actually trying to figure out what is happening but i haven't read this one yet but i mean just like that initial sentence being like okay well what do you do like what is the greater purpose of your life when death is literally like your constant companion so this just sounds super interesting so that is called remote control by nendi okorafor my next one is The Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins. Okay, y'all, I love me a good gothic. We know this. This is not a surprise to anybody. Um, and this sounds like it pulls from like Jane Eyre and Rebecca and um, another pop culture reference that I will share momentarily because the author Rachel did. But okay, so this is about Jane. Jane has um, recently arrived in Birmingham, Alabama. She's a do uh, dog walker. In Thornfield Estates, a gated community full of McMansions, shiny SUVs, and bored housewives. 
It's the kind of place where no one will notice if Jane lifts the discarded tchotchke or jewelry off the side tables of her well-heeled clients. And it's where no one will think to ask if Jane is her real name. So we're already off to a great start. I'm good with this. Okay. Then she meets Eddie Rochester. Recently widowed, Eddie is Thornfield Estate's most mysterious resident. His wife, B drowned in a boating accident with her best friend, their bodies lost to the deep. Jane can't help but see an opportunity in Eddie. Not only is he rich, brooding, and handsome, he could also offer her the kind of protection she's always yearned for. Yet as Jane and Eddie fall for each other, Jane is increasingly haunted by the legend of B, an ambitious beauty with a rags-to-riches origin story who launched a wildly successful Southern lifestyle brand. How can she, plain Jane, ever measure up? And can she win Eddie's heart before her past or his catches up to her? Okay, so like I said, we got, there's like clearly very heavy Jane Eyre vibes going on here. You know, like Eddie Rochester. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. We have the wife dying in a, a voting accident, which is dead on Rebecca. But Rachel. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Dead on dead Rebecca. On Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. So Rachel Hawkins. Um, so if you are a Taylor Swift fan, um, which I am recently a new Taylor Swift fan, that's not really important right now. But uh, <laughs> uh, when Evermore came out um, just last week, Rachel ha- is a with fan i was listening and she goes this is her tweet so this is not i'm like not spoiling anything she says so far my favorite evermore tracks are willow gold rush and tis the damn season nobody no crime a strong fourth because it is very nearly the plot of the wife upstairs (laughs) so y'all we got rebecca jane Eyre, and nobody no crime i don't know what else you need me to tell you i've had this thing on hold for like ever like, i think as soon as it was announced and uh she announced it i was like yes please that sounds delightful <laughs> jill has one of her books of the year for next year before she even reads it <laughs> oh man what's the name of that one more time the wife upstairs yeah it sounds amazing um okay my next one is called the liar's dictionary by elay williams um just a heads up this could work for your 2021 reading challenge about a for a book about a book um this sounds really cool. Have you ever heard of a mount weasel? No. Okay, I hadn't either. So a mount weasel is a phenomenon where people who are creating creating encyclopedic dictionaries, they put in false entries within the dictionaries and like reference works because it's used as a safeguard against copyright infringement, oh. which is... I knew nothing about super cool. So that is an important baseline for this book because it is uh, it's fiction, but it is there's two different storylines. The first one is um, we follow Peter Winsworth, who is a lexicographer in the Victorian era, and he's working on the letter S of this encyclopedic dictionary. He hates his job. He's really bored. So he just starts putting in unauthorized Mount Weasels into the dic- the encyclopedic dictionary. And in the present day, uh, the person we're following, his name is Mallory. And she is an intern employed by this publisher who is trying to digitize um, the Swansby's encyclopedic dictionary. And her job is to find these Mount Weasels. But because she's an intern, she also has to take like 
the threatening phone calls from people when the dictionary decides to change the definition of marriage and like all this stuff. And she's like, what's going on with the world? And so the two narratives kind of combine and it just seems super interesting because if you were to tell me that there is a book coming out about dictionaries (laughs) and I'm going to think it sounds incredible, I would have stared at you, but the liar's dictionary sounds super interesting because I knew nothing about Mount Weasels. And yes, I have since fallen down a rabbit hole to find, to look them up. It is crazy interesting. That sounds delightful. Yeah. That sounds delightful. Um, okay. So my next one is also a bit of a retelling. It's the charmed wife by Olga Grushin. Do you have this? It's a fairy tale retelling. So I thought I don't. How did I okay. miss the? How did I miss a fairy tale retelling? I don't know. Well, okay. So this is about Cinderella. Cinderella, obviously married Prince Charming. She got her happily ever after. But thirteen years later, things aren't quite so charming. So one night, um, she is fed up and exhausted. She sneaks out of the palace to get help from a witch, who for a price because. There's always a price. Yeah, always got a price. She, the witch offers love potions to disgruntled housewives. But as the witch is putting all of the ingredients into the cauldron, <laughs> Cinderella doesn't ask for a love spell back, Prince Charming. Instead, she won't. <laughs> Wait, I think you might have cut out. Say that one more time for everyone else. I caught it, but I think you might have froze. I want to make sure everyone heard what you said. Okay. Yeah, so Cinderella doesn't want a love potion to win back Prince Charming. She wants him dead. (laughs) So good. That's what I thought you said. Oh, I did. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Also, the cover looks like one of those M.C. Escher paintings. It's like labyrinth vibes in the stairwell thing um, with like the stairs going every which way. So good. So that's the charmed wife. I am so mad that I missed that. Sounds incredible. Oh, good job by you. Uh, My next one is called We Could Be Heroes by Mike Chen. So I love, of course, a pretty frequent thing that gets put into stories is a common person, an ordinary person put in an extraordinary situation. Love that. I also love extraordinary people put in ordinary situations. So we have two characters, Jamie and Zoe, and they both have superpowers. Jamie woke up in an empty apartment and he had like no memory of anything about his identity, but he did notice that he had the ability to read and erase other people's memories. Uh, and this is something he uses to like buy coffee and cat food and books. Um, and then there's Zoe, who's the other main character. And she's also trying to figure out stuff about her past. And she has the abilities of super speed and super strength, which she uses to deliver food. (laughs) And they meet each other in a memory loss support group. And they realize that they are the only two who can help each other figure out their past. And so it's very much, it's a uh, enemies to friends type of a, a story, but just, I really, really love that concept. Um, I, I feel like it, it's very similar to, as we've talked about a million times, the rest of us just live here where there's super crazy mm-hmm. stuff going on. But what we're really focused on is like the normal story. So yeah, We Could Be Heroes by Mike Chen sounds like a whole bunch of fun. My next one is Burnt Sugar by Avni Doshi. 
This is about a mother and daughter relationship. Um, the mom, Tara, when she was younger, was wild. She abandoned her marriage to join an ashram. And while Tara um, was busy as a partner to the ashram spiritual leader, her daughter and Tara is cared for by an older devotee. It was an American who came to the ashram after a devastating loss. Tara embarks on a stint as a beggar. Um, she spends years homeless, all with her young daughter alongside. Now her daughter, daughter and Tara is older and Tara is forgetting things. Um, and the daughter has to sort of come to terms with caring for this woman who never cared for her, who can't really remember what their life was like. Um, and yeah, it sounds really good. I'm, I'm all for complicated mother daughter relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was shortlisted for the Booker prize. So you should read the push by the way. I'm just okay. think, realizing that you would absolutely love it. I don't, know why <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know why we didn't talk about this before, but yeah, that's right there too. Um, what was the name of that one one more time? Burnt sugar. Uh, my next one is one of the good ones by, and I apologize. I'm going to, I think I'm going to pronounce these wrong. Maika and Maritza Mulit. Uh, they are sisters and they wrote this together and they're writing this story about uh, sisters in, in their book. So what ends up happening is you, there's a teen social activist and history buff named Kezi Smith. And Kezi is murder is killed under mysterious circumstances after attending a social justice rally. And she has a sister named Happy and their family, like they're obviously devastated. Um, And then what ends up happening is Kezi gets immortalized as a a victim in the fight against police brutality. And what Happy is realizing is the way that her sister's being idolized is not the sister that she remembers. Like it's that, that part kind of reminds me of like Dear Evan Hansen a little bit. Um, But it's just like straight. She's trying to figure out like, why is her sister one of the people who is being, you know, memorialized as one of the good ones, quote unquote. And so happy and her, their other sister, Jenny go on this journey to kind of honor their sister in their own way. Um, And as they're doing it, they sort of figure out a whole lot more about Kezi's story that no one really expected. So just a really interesting um, take on the way that, you know, so many people are you know, murdered in, you know, every single year. And only some of them end up being kind of like put up as the people that are the face of, of a fight type of a thing. So really interesting. So that's uh, one of the good ones. My next one, X talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. That's X as in X relationship, not the letter, just mm. as a clarification. So this is about Shay and Dominic Shay. Um, and it works at a um, public radio station in Seattle. Dominic is her newest colleague. And right away, they just do not like each other. Um, the station is struggling. And so they need a new idea to bring in listeners. And Shay suggests a relationship advice talk show that goes on live on the air between two um, exes. Her boss, however, is like, no, you know what? You and Dominic hate each other. We're going to pretend that you guys dated and are broken up and you're going to be the host of the show. So it's like fake former relationship is the best way to do it. Um, so 
That's what they do. They pretend that they had like previously dated and are now exes working at the same radio station and start offering offering relationship advice um, on the air. They get tons of fans, but as the show gets bigger, their deception also does, especially when these two people who are supposed to hate each other and be exes start to like each other. So there's like, there's so many layers here. A lot of layers. We got enemies to lovers, not just fake relationship, but like fake broken up relationship. It's got everything. (laughs) I'm very excited. So that's the X talk. Well, you said that it was like Stefan from Saturday Night Live. It's got everything. It's got, it's got everything. It's got lovers. It's got friends it's got to everything. lovers. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Uh, my next one is A Thousand Ships by Natalie Haynes. This is very, very straightforward. I am so in on this. What this is, is a retelling of the Trojan War, but through the perspectives of uh, the women that are involved. So it... <laughs> Is it says for fans of Madeline Miller, which I, I feel like so many of us are, uh, but it's basically it goes to the Trojan War, and it talks about it, it. It shows it through the lens of like Penelope to the three goddesses whose feud started all of this to all the women who you know their lie their fates now kind of lie in the hands of the Greeks and just um, I'm a big big giant dork for for all of this like this type of story and so yeah when i saw retelling of the trojan war but through all of the women's eyes i was like oh yes please so that's a thousand ships by natalie haynes the next one is aftershocks by nadia owasu this is a memoir so um nadia her father is a um, united nations official and when she was younger she followed him from europe to africa and back again Every time she and her family would kind of get settled into a new home, her father would tell them it was time to leave and go somewhere else. Um, So this instability of this nomadic childhood uh, was deepened by family secrets and fractures, both lived and inherited. Her Armenian-American mother had abandoned Nadia when she was two, which would periodically reappear only to disappear again. And then her father... Um, is was from Ghana and he died 13 and after he died she was in the care of her stepmother who started to share some of these secrets including one really major one that Nadia is not sure a lie because if it's true it's a huge Um, and so this is all you know again like a true story this is Nadia's life and it sounds really good it's getting um comped to the glass castle um yeah i see this is what i'm saying so that's uh that's aftershocks nice um i have a middle grade one which doesn't happen too often it's called unplugged by gordon corman uh i picked it up because it has an adorable cover and i kept reading it because it was really fun the cover is this little tiny uh like baby crocodile cartoon who is standing are you looking at it no. Who's, oh, you started laughing. He's standing on a phone um, with the power about to go out and he is holding in his little tiny alligator crocodile mouth the charging cord that goes into the word unplugged. It's adorable. Um, that's why well, now I'm looking like, it up. Now yeah, it, yeah. So unplugged while you're looking it up. Um, but it's basically 
uh, the main character's name is Jet, and he is the uh, the son of like the world's most famous tech billionaire. He's very spoiled, and his dad decides to yeah. You're looking at it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Really I am. Cute. That is adorable. <laughs> so, um, his dad drops him off in like the middle of the <clears throat> to this park. Uh, to, not park. Sorry, to um this camp. It's like a wellness camp, and it t- is trying to teach all these kids like unplug and be one with nature. So he's doing all these various, um, you know generic camp things and playing with other kids and things. Uh, and they start realizing that things are going wrong with the adults are acting really strange. And this, the adults are trying to have these like suspicious, like meditation sessions. And so jet and the other kids have to determine like what's going on. Um, and he has to, you know, he's trying to like convince everyone. He's not just being a spoiled brat anymore. He's actually trying to like help everybody. So it was really cute. It was really quick. Um, I, I definitely recommend it. It's, it's a really fun book. And um, yeah, the cover is just super cute. My next one is If I Disappear by Eliza Jane Brazer. Brazer. So this is about uh, Sarah. She loves true crime podcasts. And who among us doesn't? <laughs> um, <laughs> so she she loves them she listens to them all the time so when rachel her favorite podcast host goes missing sarah knows it's time to act she follows the clues hidden in the ep- episodes to an isolated ranch outside rachel's small hometown to begin her search she's convinced her investigation will make rachel so proud but the more sarah digs into this unfamiliar world the more off things start to feel because Rachel is not the first woman to vanish from the ranch and she won't be the last. Yeah, it sounds so good. It also has a delightful cover. Uh, Delightful is not the right word for (laughs) a very striking cover. (laughs) It's sort of layered. It's like there's a um, image of a woman um, as if she's sort of like, I guess I sort of like a photo, like imagine like a photograph of a woman and behind her, there's like slices and cuts in it and behind her you can kind of see like a floral um wallpaper almost it's hard to describe but it's very very striking Mm -hmm. um so that's if i disappear i also put this on hold immediately when i came across it nice uh my next one is chlorine sky by mahogany brown this um the description of this it it won't take me long to describe it It, it's pretty straightforward but it is it's like a coming of age story and it's a a look at a young girl trying to sort of step out of the shadow of her former best friend. And, and like, it explores what it means to really start to grow up when that means growing apart from your best friend. Um, I was thinking about this type of thing is because my, I have a niece who's getting ready to go to high school and she, um, my family is very left leaning. We're not shy about that. But like the area that she goes to school, she has a lot of um, like Trump supporters that she is friends with. And my, my niece is very outspoken on like her little private Instagram that she has, where she's like constantly putting Kamala Harris and Joe Biden stuff up. And she's felt very alienated. And so like, she's been going through this kind of a thing while she's getting ready to go to high school and realizing she will be meeting new people. And she's very excited about it, but she's also been kind of like realizing she's going to grow apart from her, uh, from her friends. And so that's sort of the story of this, but the really beautiful, especially beautiful part of this book is it's told in verse, um, so it's similar to like Elizabeth Acevedo, um, or like a Kwame Alexander book where, um, it goes through all the different, like heartbreak and, uh, you know, broken promises and like rumors that kids tell about each other, but it's all done in verse. So it's really, really beautiful. Um, and that is chlorine sky 
by Mahogany Brown. My last book is The Ruthless Lady's Guide to Wizardry. This sounds so good. Okay. So uh, Deli's is a petty con artist, an occasional thief, and a partly educated fire witch. She's also behind on her rent, which is obviously not great. So then she sees a wanted sign um, seeking female persons of martial or magical ability to guard a lady of some importance prior to the celebration of her marriage. So Deli fast talks her way into the job and joins a team of highly peculiar women tasked to protect healthy charge from unknown assassins. I'm sold. Mm. Deli quickly sets her sights on one of her companions, the confident and well-bred Win. The job looks like nothing but romance and easy money until things take a deadly and undead turn. So <laughs> deadly and undead. Okay. So with the help of a bird-loving necromancer, a shape-shifting schoolgirl, <laughs> and an reanimated mouse named Buttons. <laughs> Oh my God. It's just, yeah, a reanimated mouse named Buttons. It's so adorable. Um, Deli and Wynn are determined to get the best of an adversary who wields a twisted magic and has friends in the highest of places. It sounds amazing. I just love Buttons. Yeah. <laughs> reanimated mouse. <laughs> oh, that's delightful. Um, and I have two more I want to talk about. One I kept to the very end because I was almost certain you were going to have it on your list, but you didn't. Uh, Before the Ruins by Victoria Gosling. Um, I almost put it on. Yeah. As I say, it it says it's in the tradition of Tana French and Donna Tart, which is why I waited. Um, I'm just going to read the description about this one because I haven't read it yet. Uh, it's the summer of 1966 or 1996, and school's out forever for Andy, her boyfriend Marcus, and her best friend Peter and M. When Andy's alcoholic mother predicts the apocalypse, the four teenagers decide to see out the end of the world at a deserted manor house, the site of a historic unsolved mystery. There they meet David, charming and unreliable. He seems to have appeared out of nowhere. David presents an irresistible lure for both Andy and Peter and complicates the dynamics of their lifelong friendship. When the group learns that a diamond necklace stolen 50 years ago might still be somewhere on the manor grounds, the game, half treasure hunt, half friendly deception, begins. But the game becomes much bigger than the necklace, growing to encompass years of secrets, lies, and ultimately one terrible betrayal. Meticulously plotted and gorgeously written before the ruins is a page turner of the highest order about the sealed off places in our past and the parts of ourselves waiting to be retrieved from them um yeah i don't remember why i didn't put it on my list. <laughs> that's why i waited um okay so that's before the ruins and then the last one i want to talk about is called a house at the bottom of a lake by josh i think it's mailerman i should know this because he's a pretty big name he wrote uh bird box and mallory uh but i had to have at least one horror book on like every month it's just kind of like a rule in my brain so um the house at the bottom of the lake is about these young lovers who are trying to connect on they go on a first date and what ends up happening is they spend this summer uh, kind of alone and they end up finding a house at the bottom of the lake that they're staying at. Um, obviously, the house is cold and dark it's underwater, but it's also kind of like their own place. So they throw caution to the wind um, and are exploring this place. And then they keep kind of swimming deeper and deeper into the house, uh, all while kind of falling in love. And like there's obviously 
scary stuff that happens but just that is a really good creepy setting it's very much like a house you know a cabin at the end of the world or like cabin in the middle of the woods but it happens to be a cabin underneath the lake so um that's a house at the bottom of a lake by josh mailerman so those are all of our books there's a whole bunch of them it is um so yeah this will be hopefully this will get you through the week because we're not going to do anything on thursday of this week no um but yeah Hope you guys have a good New Year's Eve and say goodbye to 2020 however you want to. I'm going to give her the double bird. Just going to just. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, anything else you think people should know about, Jill? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Okay. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.